Hi, today is December 23rd, 2022. I'm Todd Agasawara without my good friend, the good Dr. John Westfall, another really good friend, the esteemed Ryan Ozawa. Ryan, thank you for joining me despite our initial audio difficulties to get this podcast started. I, I am happy to hear, and I think that audio diff is just fine. So uh, <laughs> kudos to you two, working your way through the adventures of an M1 MacBook Pro and an audio hijack, 7.23 million and yeah. everything. And I, I will say that the problem turned out to be um, Audio Hijack Pro because their overly complicated workflow is overly complicated. And when I simplified it, it... <laughs> well, they wanted... The weird thing is every version, it looks like they're trying to make it simpler. Let's make this visual with Lego blocks to drag right. it around on me. That actually makes it... Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. Where you need to be... Um... You need to pretty much be, I don't know what, an audio engineer slash programmer to understand that even though there's no actual code, I guess visual right. code. At any rate, uh, the good Dr. John Westfall is on a super secret mission, holiday mission, and he will be back soon. I did want to note a, first, a couple of things first. Number one, this is my first podcast as a retiree. And so, <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Congratulations. Thank you. It's also the first time I've originated a Zoom call. Ryan, I have never originated a Zoom call in my life, believe it or not. I have did part- very well. I that participated, was, yeah. but I've never used it. I also found out that if you install Zoom on an M1-based MacBook, um, it will tell you, as soon as you install it, that, hey, you're on an M1, I need to upgrade you. <laughs> and so, right. and this is a fresh download from Zoom, by the way. Uh, oh, it's all- <laughs> and it's also my first time recording a podcast using the M1 MacBook Air, because I've been um, too afraid to... Well, actually, like, Audio Hijack, I think, wasn't upgraded to for the M1 for a while. And then it wasn't uh, ready for macOS 13 and 13.1, so I just used my MacBook Pro with the old version. And, of course, Rogue Amoeba, as Ryan and I were just talking about, just updated Audio Hijack Pro, and um, it should be renamed Audio Complex Pro. <laughs> it really is. Right. Uh, we need to find another solution. Audio Hijack Pro, I've used it for from the beginning of the podcast, from podcast number one, so that'd be 2009, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Ryan, it's just gotten out of hand. But that said, <laughs> that's it. Well, as long as we're not using, as long as we're not using. <laughs> Ryan had a heck of a time. We actually couldn't get you on Teams. What did we use? Skype last time. Probably. But yeah. uh, a- anyway, this is. I should also not put in my show. This is actually Hawaii Techies Edition number five. I do have it. Um, so thank you for rejoining the the Hawaii Techies series, Ryan. It's always great to talk. So my question, my two part question to you is. You're moving Hawaii Bulletin, which is a great mailing list slash website to tell people about what's happening in technology, mostly in Hawaii. I would say mostly. Is that yes. pretty accurate? Almost uh, entirely. I can't imagine when we did it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I think there might be something that I missed because I do read it. Um, and you moved it from the Meta Bulletin system. You want to, I mean, and, and this is well known. Meta shut down. It's what I thought was a wonderful idea, Bulletin. Can you tell us what Bulletin was and how long right. you were on it and all that? So uh, this was before, um, right around the time Mark Zuckerberg decided that, uh, but they were, mission-wise, Facebook was saying, creators, we want to support content creators, creative, etc. And so what they did, among other things, was launch their own email newsletter. Seemed a little bit like a step backwards, perhaps, but all the rage in 2020, and um, everybody was launching email newsletters, so they said, well, we can't let Twitter, which had which bought an email newsletter platform, we Why can't let Twitter that? own, we can't let uh, Substack uh, own the space, which effectively, so we're going to build our own. 
And what was really impressive was not only did they invest time to develop to build a content management newsletter platform from scratch, like it's not like they rebranded uh, SurveyMonkey, but they also um, sponsored publishers. So they picked, I forgot, it was like about 200 writers, including about 20 journalists specific, and funded them to write newsletters about their included from relationships to cookie, international affairs. Um, they had Malcolm Gladwell. They had oh, I didn't uh, know that. Malala, Nobel Prize winner. They, they picked up a lot of big names and a lot of very, 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 very tiny names like me. So <laughs> for about a year and a half, that was going well. Um, they were paying me to do what I was doing for free anyway, which is writing about local tech. Uh, so it was a great deal. But uh, last year, not last year, earlier this year, they said, um, yeah, this is not working out. We are definitely all in on cartoon avatars. So we killed it. And um, the last few months have been all of us writers scrambling to other platforms. And there are there are a few. Um, but I would say the vast majority of us did complete transition to Substack, mm. which is effectively the largest player. In- and, and Substack allows things like, um, I guess... Uh, not charging money, but accepting accepting money for people. Uh, so that gives oh, you a, a, so, a revenue, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, their biggest uh, pitch to creators is that you can uh, monetize. So you can say, uh, I'm going to put out three free newsletters a week, but if you're a paying subscriber, you get mm-hmm. both more, which has some ah. So you can segregate paying subscribers from non-paying subscribers. It'd be all free like me. Um, they also support podcasts as part of their save infrastructure. Oh, neat. And they even now, because uh, they, they do have a native app, um, so it's sort of like giving you a reader app, an RSS email reader app just for Substack Publisher. Um, you can also now have a chat room associated with publication. So after I get um, rolling in 2023 with the new and improved boy bullet, I'm going to, uh, two things I'm going to do is I'm going to turn on the chat, see if anybody wants to chat. It'll probably just be crickets. And, else I do. <laughs> and um, I'm also thinking I'm going to either get an AI to read my columns and turn it into a podcast or actually take the time to read my own column. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the idea of having an AI read the columns, but uh, certainly that's, <laughs> I mean, that's an, that's an option, especially for the visually impaired. That'd be a good option without you know, taking a tremendous amount of your time. So right. I, I think the reason I, why I, I would that. have to do it is because of all of the Hawaiian words that AI would not get correct. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like using Google Maps to navigate in Hawaii. <laughs> Sometimes the... Uh, actually, it's not bad. It's improved a lot over the last few years. But in, in the past, it's been amusing. And speaking of paying and um, me, you know, me being cheap, uh, because we spent so much time <laughs> trying to debug Audio Hijack, we've got like eight minutes left. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll give you a one-minute warning. I'll stop this and I'll, I'll... If we're still talking, which I suspect we will, I'll create another podcast set. So I just want to let Ryan know that <laughs> and let Audio Hijack know this is your fault. <laughs> any rate, any rate. So was it hard to move over to Substack? I mean, I assume you didn't take your legacy stuff with you or did you? So I was able... Well, so again, you know, I, I mean, I really want to say that the right. Facebook team, however you think of Facebook itself and of Mark right. Zuckerberg, who's uh, who could have been this year's biggest implosion of highly paid present for Elon Musk right. racing ahead to take that crown. Um, but the people that I worked with for Bulletin were top notch. They definitely believed in the mission. They definitely liked the idea of independent journalists monetizing themselves so that they don't have to rely on Gannett or USA Today or whatever to make a living. Um, and uh, when it was time to shut down, they still kept the developers around. So they were able to literally design 
content exports that we could feed into these oh, other that's system awesome. transition. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, we got, I just, so all of my newsletter content at the new location, all of right. my subscribers were moved over to the new location. So right. it's just a matter of writing. It was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. That's great. That's great. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm I, looking I, forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to tadogas.substack.com <laughs> where we can all subscribe to your um, thoughts and, you know, observations well, see, see the, the, yeah. the difference is ryan you have quite a following and I, I i you know i you know despite what you say there are a lot of people me on the other hand not, but i don't uh, think that's true what you're putting out a podcast aren't you <laughs> yeah with my fives of listeners as john and i like yeah. to say well you'll have you'll have fives of readers <laughs> and the good but, thing about uh until until every podcast is automatically transcribed and yeah. put on the internet as uh, text searchable um you know, there is a value to an email newsletter that has an online yes. presence so that all of your right. It's basically a blog, but it happens to be emailed yeah. to people. Yeah, and even when there is automatic translation, you know, it could be, it could go awry. So <laughs> it's probably yes. best to frequently have a, have a text, have a text version of it. Let's see. And I lost, uh, it's three minutes, so we'll cut this and I'll, I'll call you again, Ryan. But it needs. Are you kidding? Okay. Yeah, it says three minutes twenty nine seconds. Again, thank you, Audio Hijack. Oh, because are you are you on the free Audio Hijack? Of course, I'm. I'm a I'm a cheap retiree. What do you? <laughs> Not Audio Hijack. I'm the free Zoom. I have a paid Audio Hijack. Oh, the hijack. free Zoom. Yeah, free Zoom. Sorry. Yeah, but I blame Audio Hijack because okay. we burned up most of our free Zoom time. Um, right. <laughs> so well, I have and, a paid Zoom. I should send you. Okay. All right. Uh, so. So you know, I know you. I, I follow you on Facebook and Instagram and a bunch of Twitter and a bunch of places. And you have been like everywhere and every at every tech event imaginable and as, and some that I did not imagine. So, so uh, you know, what what what's the recent standout of the events? What's the recent ones that really pop into your mind when it's cool that you heard or saw or people you you met that sort of thing. In terms of, I'm sorry, in terms of... In terms of the tech events. Or? Yeah, the, in terms of tech events, all the tech events I've been seeing you at that you've been posting photos for. Oh, well, I mean, as you might imagine, and this is true probably in other communities, uh, there was a lot of pent-up demand for smushing faces together in person. <laughs> um, so now that tech events are back in um, info swing, the attendance has been pretty high and it's been pretty crowded. I am, at least at the last four or five events I've been to, still the only one wearing a mask, so <laughs> I just sort of stand out that way. But um, yeah, it's just been great. Um, there's more venture capital activity here in Hawaii for startups. There's more government programs, obviously, funding sources. Um, and I think that uh, we're just sort of seeing this ecosystem come back to life after being in hibernation, um, which I'm also happy about because tourism has come roaring back to Hawaii, uh, probably as much as or even larger than it was prior to the pandemic. And so usually other industries tend to get thrown out of the wayside because everyone's happy to suckle at the teat of tourism. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, because of the near-death experience that Hawaii had and probably every community had and having to potentially deal with the loss of their primary industry yep. um, there's more attention and i think more focus on people doing something else uh, whether it is technology or other sustainable practices uh, agriculture has been really yep. gotten really big in the last three years and uh, i work in that as well so, um, just broad I'm... trends that's what really okay we're at the one minute warning so i am going to stop this point and 
All righty. So we were we were just talking we, from our non-commercial break. We were just talking about uh, Hawaii tech events. And I was going to say, Ryan, you know, since if you're the only one wearing a mask, you should have a mask that's press on <laughs> so, or something. That's a good idea. That's probably a good idea. But I mean, already I stand out as a weirdo, so people keep their distance naturally. <laughs> I, yeah. I have seen you work a crowd. I do not. <laughs> so, Todd, now that you're retired, you yeah. expect to see you as a veteran emissary at some of these events so you can keep these young whippersnappers that I have to try to keep in mind. you got to help me out here. <laughs> well, they have all a... these big, they have all these big dreams and fantasies about changing the world and they need us around as a reality check to say, knock it off, you're never going anywhere. Well, you know, I don't want to discourage them from whatever crazy <sighs> idea do you have. Because, hey, you remember, I mean, you know, I think I was reading that uh, entrepreneurs fail like five or six or seven times before they actually hit on something at work. So who am I to say that this current uh, attempt by a budding entrepreneur is not the successful attempt, even though statistically it's unlikely to be so. <laughs> but we remember, all remember pet dot, pets.com and stuff, right? Which seemed like a great idea, <laughs> got a lot of press and flamed out. Right. And there are other things like Amazon that seemed like a horrible idea. <laughs> To many, many people didn't make money for years and years and years, and look at it now. So, um, who am I to say as right, a poor right. retiree to what the right or dream big, dream big, fail fast, try again? <laughs> I was kidding, of course. I mean, the <laughs> why I'm in this because you deal with the idealists who are not afraid of anything. Now. Yeah, a reality check helps now and then, otherwise, you end up being sandbagged with free or something. But, uh, you know. Good, good on them for giving it the old college try. That's and the way I Sometimes look. they change the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I've seen these ideas at the, oh, uh, golly, what was the co-working space that went huge? Um, oh, WeWork. WeWork, <laughs> right? I mean, it was like billions of dollars or something like, like that. Yeah. And then it flamed out for a variety of reasons. And I'm not expert enough. Well, there certainly a, lot of ideas a, that seem good. Well, a cult-like leader was significant was key to that, which I think we're seeing elsewhere. Also over-leveraged. Uh, it yep. was effectively a real estate play. And um, yep. if you don't know anything about real estate, you can get into trouble, big trouble, really fast, which he did. So, yeah, not good. Uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, McDonald's is really a real estate company that sells hamburgers. Yep, yep. <laughs> so sometimes it works. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of... Hamburgers. Hamburgers. Well, actually, speaking of charismatic <laughs> leaders, shall we say... Uh, what alternative to, to to Twitter have you been trying out, and which ones do you like? I, oh. I see you write about a few of them. Oh, that was a slightly tortured segue, and I wouldn't call uh, <laughs> Elon Musk charismatic. Sociopathic is up there. Um, so, okay, yes, uh, Twitter, my favorite social media platform, even yes. after it had effectively devolved into a cesspool. And this was before Elon Musk took over. Uh, like, it has always been kind of a disaster. Uh, uh, a flaming train wreck with a narrow corridor of interesting things. Um, so, yeah, uh, big fan of it. Very terrified in advance of what would happen under Mr. Musk's leadership and have been fully validated in those fears ever since. So everybody is all looking forward uh, or looking around for alternatives. So I've been trying all of them. Um, oh, wow. Wondering... If any will stick, uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, there's a thing about critical mass <laughs> is there's usually only going to be one player that hits that, and that would be Facebook <laughs> or possibly Instagram. Yeah. And um, Twitter is a very, very, very distant second already, and it's still massive. Uh, so I don't know. Um, which ones have you looked at? Where, where should we start? 
Well, first of all, I haven't tried any of them. The ones I've looked at, uh, you know, try, by, by look at, I mean, I started with your tutorial from three years ago on Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has That's excellent... at hawaiimastodon.com. Yep, yeah, uh, in, in addition to his Mastodon um, domain, I guess, you've also got an excellent three-year-old but still relevant tutorial uh, about what Mastodon oh, is. Oh, the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I watched. It got a lot day. of traffic this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was at least. Um, so I looked at that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I have not signed up for post. I guess it's invite only. Is post invite only now? No, no. It's signed no? up for a, a waiting list. But I, I feel like the wait's less than a week at this point. He's onboarding tens of thousands a day. It's uh, pretty exciting. Okay, so let's start with Mastodon since a okay. lot of people did. Um, Mastodon has been around since 2014. It is still like saying, hey, everybody, use Linux. It's not that bad. Um, in other words, if you're in that world and if you're kind of a nerd, it makes perfect sense. But if you're not, it's pretty impenetrable. Um, Mastodon is an open source decentralized Twitter, which it, the first word perhaps you understand means free and widely available to use open source, but the decentralized is where everyone gets hung up mm. um, and not, not, you know, no surprise, not, it is confusing, but basically the way I describe it, and the way most people describe it is, you know how you, Todd, have that AOL account email that you've never given up, and my mom <laughs> had that Yahoo account, and then some people still have, actually, the other day I heard from someone with a webmail account, no, a, a web TV account, that just about oh, knocked wow. me off my chair, um, but you know, and then you have Gmail and Hotmail, and now yeah, there's yeah, Hey.com, yeah. Fastmail, so anyway, we all use email through different companies, so we're not all on the same service to answer and send emails, but yet we can email each other, because mm -hmm. Email is a protocol that everyone agrees to comply with. Mm -hmm. So when I send an email from Gmail to your AOL, the message still goes through. and we. So that's the basic premise behind Mastodon, which is instead of everybody being on Twitter.com owned by Elon Q. Musk, um, it'll be uh, – you could be anywhere. There could be a server with only 10 people on it or a server mm -hmm. with uh, 10 million people on it, but we all they all interact the same way. Email. Right. So once you get past that – you know, once you're like, okay, well, now the hard part is what server am I going to sign up for? Once you mm -hmm. figure that out, then it's pretty straightforward. Then it's and like, if, okay, my friend Todd is on mastodon.social and mm -hmm. my friend Mike is on uh, newsy.post or whatever, and we're all interacting. Yeah, and but it, and you do have to know what other server, what other Mastodon server that other person is. It's a something at kind of a relationship. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, you just it's, it's like you know you know your your handle on Twitter is yeah. the, the at symbol and some word. Uh, now you have to include the rest of it, whatever domain you're. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like Mastodon. It's it's busier now as a result of this. I can imagine uh, dumpster fire, but it's still very small, it's still a little community. But the fact of the matter is, it's in the millions now compared to a lot of these other upstarts that came up after Elon Musk made a mess of Twitter, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're even smaller. So yeah, it's all a matter of who can onboard people the fastest, become uh, mainstream, and I'm not sure if anyone's going to cross that that bar. Right. You know, and as odd as the master, the distributed Mastodon relationship is for, for youngins, uh, for those of us of a certain age, um, and this is probably before your time even, in, in the early days of email, you had to not only know where somebody was, you know, where their server was, you had to know the path to that server. 
when we used our communications. So when we had UUCP email, you had to know that if I was at, for example, I was literally at nosk.mitmilitary.com. Right, right, right. But in order to, and that, but that wasn't enough. You had to know which servers between you and me to get there. And so sometimes there'd be a path right. of five or six, uh, you know, UUCP mail system. You would know exactly how mail. Right. Um, it wasn't like the email, it wasn't like the postal mail system. It's almost as if I had to, to list every post office yeah. I wanted my card to go through on its way to my friend. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you might remember, I'm, I'm sure you do, in the early 2000s, uh, text messaging was only within a cell carrier. It, it, it took a little while before we could send a text message from, say, T-Mobile to Sprint, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them, they were better on their email bridges than their SMS bridges. Exactly. So this is, yeah. you know, not a new problem. It seems to be the way communication systems evolve if it doesn't come from a monolithic source all at once. For example, right. AOL, right. right? AOL was self-contained. You couldn't talk to anybody in the beginning. It was a walled garden. But there were so many people Copy in AOL. Shirt. Yeah, CompuServe. It yeah. didn't matter, right? Because everybody knew it was on CompuServe. Everybody knew. Yeah, it was well, CompuServe, Prodigy. Oh, yeah, I was Prodigy. Like, oh, are you in the I... forum? Like, what forum? Oh, it's a CompuServe forum, not a Prodigy forum. Like, right. Oh, I don't have a Prodigy account. Yeah, crazy. So, yeah, that's um, that's Mastodon decentralized. And the other big one, I think, that's made a uh, impact is Post. Um, Post is created by the person who created Waze, the mm. user-based navigation system that Google eventually mm -hmm. bought and still operate. Um, but that guy picked on the one, I think, core aspect of Twitter that makes it the vital channel that it is. And that is the mere fact that journalists such as myself can't get enough Twitter. So he <laughs> basically built Post to be the journalist's Twitter. Interesting. Um, and so uh, he's onto something in the sense that I think that's where a lot of the value of Twitter is. So if you can build a community where all the journalists hang out, eventually other people are going to be plugged in because they want to know other journalists. Um, so his platform is very specific to help journalists. It has formats that are better at presenting articles. Like if I write a news article, it looks good on Post. Um, also, uh, although he hasn't pushed it much, Post does have a micropayments play, mm. which is to say I could post an article about uh, Tarugasuro Ara's uh, secret hacks to a long life and then say <laughs> it's going to cost you one post point to read it yeah. um, and then you would buy a hundred post points for a dollar like these are very small amounts but um, I'd be willing to pay five points or five cents or whatever to read the article about Tato Gasarara and I will and so the person who wrote that article and posted it on post Boy, that sounds fun. Posted it on post uh, and can generate a small amount of revenue for there. So I think that's exciting about post. The only challenge being that it's starting from scratch. Right. So it's, it's small, minuscule. It's it's the size of a gnat compared to an elephant. Right. Um, but the other, the, on the other hand, one thing I like about it is because this guy started ways because he does speak the language of our time, and I mean like just sort of technology, design, duty building, and stuff. I remember when I first signed up, like. Everybody had the same feed. It was like basically just one chat room because there wasn't even a way to follow people. <laughs> like when you logged into Post, you saw everything. Um, wow. and then eventually he made it, okay, now you're only going to see what you follow. Okay, now you can repost things. Now you can message people. Now you can block people. Like every, I mean, in terms of software development, it's impressive because every week uh, functionality is introduced that probably killed a developer somewhere working yeah. seven nights a week, but they got it done. But they're so adjusting today to, from where yeah. it started. Yeah, everybody says, like, 
it, they're adjusting to what people say, right? So right. everybody was like, hey, you can't have a community without the ability to block or mute people because abusive jerks appear everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, right. You know, we built this system assuming no abusive jerks, but that's that was that's old fashioned thinking. There will be abusive jerks everywhere. So they yeah. built in the muting and blocking. Um, and I think that the only feature that he continues to push down his roadmap that annoys me, but it's his call, it's his platform. You know, I'm not saying we're entitled to it. Right. Um, but he continues to feel that accessibility features are not a hype, and that oh, bothers me. Yeah, right. That, so like, I can see why. alt tags for pictures and support for screen readers and navigating by voice. Or, right. Like, it is a lot of work on the development front, and he feels that it's that other features are important than that. But I think that uh, it'll be a significant boon to the credibility if the service becomes more accessible. But again, personal pet peeve. Um, it is growing fast, developing fast. So I would recommend you check it out, Todd. I will. Um, and it's not like they're going to charge you and all of that. It's just a matter of waiting to be let in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm going to talk about something else I'm waiting to be let in in a little while. Okay. Now, you know, I, I was I was looking at uh, some of the other alternatives, and I was really surprised that some people consider Tumblr an alternative to Twitter. Um, I still have a Tumblr account, which started about the same time as Twitter, but I see why they think it's, it's more like an alternative to a tiny WordPress I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at it right. wrong. Tumblr is, yeah. uh, if Tumblr was ready, if Tumblr was prepared, they would have been, I think, the natural place for everyone. Because back when Twitter started, it was Twitter and Tumblr. It was the two yeah. of them as sort of microblogging platform. Right. Um, but just like how Flickr missed the opportunity to be oh, Instagram, yeah. um, it looks like Tumblr missed the opportunity to be Twitter. So, mm-hmm. you know, Tumblr's still around. It's still kicking, but it's 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 very low down on the list. And I think it's all in part is because people still think of Tumblr as a thing for middle-aged girls from 19 after 2010, <laughs> right? Like it's sort of saddled with its legacy. Um, whereas a lot of these new services have the excitement of being new. This, is, yeah. this didn't exist. Yeah. yeah, no, I think Tumblr is great. And, and, and what, I, you know, and I don't know any, I just read something about Hive, but I know, I know nothing about Hive. Have you tried that? Oh, I have. They got dinged very early on for security, poor security practices. Ah. Um, and it's a, it's an app. They started as an app. And so it's not like there's a web interface and I don't know, oh. I'm old fashioned. I want to be able to visit on the web, sure. on a Everybody computer, does. not just in an app. Um, right. Hive is in the, that other category, like where you had, if you remember Ello, Ello was a thing. And, yeah, um, Bert, yeah. Yeah. A lot of these other. Barely. Um, <laughs> Apple, move, right. Ello's still around, you know, or Visco, VSCO, also big. Yeah. I'm still at that. Um, I would put Hive sort of in that cap. But I think yeah. everybody wants sort of like this web platform slash app platform. And the funny thing about Post is Post does not have an app. So when you're using Post, it's a web, it's a website. So it's they, they, they mm. came out the other way like Mastodon. They're coming from a web tool that will eventually, I'm imagining, become a mobile native app, whereas yeah. a lot of these other services are apps first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just have a wrapper that looks like all. Right. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, Post does that. If you save it to your your browse, your phone's home screen, Android or Apple, it looks mm-hmm. like an app, but when you click on it, it launches a website. <laughs> mm. but, Which is what Steve know. Jobs intended, as we exactly. recall from the first iPhone. <laughs> we Who don't need needs, apps. <laughs> we don't need apps. Web apps are fine. Yeah, yeah, that didn't yeah. last long, but uh, who knows? That might be the future. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you, I, and I don't even know if you tried it. I just was, I've been reading about the Arc browser for only a yeah. couple of weeks. And so I signed up just last night to be, I signed up oh. to be on the waiting list. So I haven't actually tried it. Have you tried the Arc browser yet? And what do you yeah. think? Yeah. What do you so think? So I like Arc. I'm not ready to give up Brave, which is basically mm-hmm. a privacy hack of Chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arc is neat because it does a few things differently. Um, for one thing, they 
every browser puts everything across the top and bottom. Right. So Arc says, no, you know, everybody's screens are white screens. Why are you taking away vertical space? So they put everything on the left or the right. Good and point. I'm actually finding that kind of refreshing. So if you imagine all of your tabs, and buttons and things, instead of being across the top of your screen and shortening your viewport, it's all on the left and your viewport is less wide, but tall. So I kind of like that. Um, what I do is because I'm also using Mastodon is I just ba basically made Arc my Mastodon client. <laughs> Uh, uh oh, Ryan's okay. Ryan's okay. I can see him on camera. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think it does do extensions too. Yeah, I'm it not does. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think you can write your own without being a coder or something like that. Is what I read, which I found in kind of a low code, no code kind of a right solution to extension. And they are kind of like trying to create sort of like this workspace model where you know you save batches of tabs together and it's a it's a set and you can add notes and things like that so i mean it could be like a combination of i don't know like a browser and agenda or yeah. you know a, a notes app of some kind no it's one, not bad one of the things i i found interesting again i haven't tried it i've just been reading about it is it does windows within the browser what used to be called mdi and the microsoft you know, different views with have you used that and do you find it useful to have multiple browser windows within the window itself no i've not even tried that um but you know that that's why you want people to try new things who knows you know yeah. i like for example i'm a mac person yeah. and i have too many browser windows and app windows open and i know that all i need to do is start using multiple desktops but i still haven't internalized mentally how to navigate around multiple desktops so i still just use i just use my c command to bring up my desktop so i have desktop one which has 13 windows and desktop two and desktop three are completely empty because I don't know how to move around that. But um, I'm, I'm all for people thinking of new ways to interact with yeah. and organize information. Yeah, I'm the same, by the way. I have not done multiple, you know, multiple desktops on my Mac either. And I have seen people do it, and it is it is very effective for them. So I can see why why some people love using. And maybe now that I have time to learn new <laughs> or new to me, <laughs> yeah, you can you have more time. Actually, um, I, the reason why I think I might. I've been thinking more about the multiple desktops. Yeah. Or well, I forget what they call it. There's a word for it on, right, on right, OS right. X, obviously. Um, is because the new iOS for iPad does the stage, stage, stage manager. manager. Yeah. Right? Which is sort of this. Um, yes. Um, it's like different desktops. So if I can internalize how that works on an iPad, which I have, then it would make more sense, I think, to adopt it on the Mac. But I'm not there yet. Yeah. I, I played with stage manager only briefly um, I have, unlike you, I have not internalized it yet. So I went back to the, you know, the old, old school. Um, but I, now that I have, now that I have an M2 iPad Pro and it has been in 16.2 now lets me use an external display. In other words, I have two displays and stage manager is a lot more. That's kind of the way I want it versus firing up a Mac yeah, I just, or something. Right. I just upgraded my iMac, I mean, my <laughs> iPad to the M2 six, 12 inch M2 iPad Pro. Oh, a big Pro. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the new the the, the innovation for me because I don't I frankly don't know the difference between an M2 and an M1 mm -hmm. is that it's the first time I've ordered a iPad with cell service. Mm. So I've always bought the iPad the Wi-Fi version, but this me time too. I got the cell version and I activated it. And now I leave my laptop in my bag more because yeah. I do love my glorious 16-inch MacBook Pro, but it is a giant cafeteria tray made out of metal. Yeah, absolutely. And something about being at dinner. 
don't do this to your family, but it's just about being out at dinner and whipping out the iPad and it's online immediately and I'm just, I got to fix this article. <laughs> Pretty it's much more. No, I hear you. I can see how it's transformative. I can see why some iPad only people love their lifestyle. I'm not ready for it, but I'm closer. To it. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, as somebody who was on call 24 by 7, um, I always had a screen on, period. <laughs> Uh, but that ended last night. I'm really happy. Yeah, I enjoyed your pictures of your farewell tour around state agencies. Very nice. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was uh, you know, it was, because of the pandemic, I had not seen some of these people in a couple of years. And, you know, as, as you know, I am not a solar butterfly. I'm not good at it. I And so, you know, I just avoid things I'm not good at. <laughs> and... And so it was a good chance to, you know, exercise my meager soul. A bunch of people to whom I owe some thanks right, right. Uh, say goodbye. It was really quite quite enjoyable. Uh, one of my friends, my co-workers, who I called a meeting mom, his solution is to go see that person in person. Right? And me is like, eh, I'll make a team. <laughs> you know, or something. <laughs> uh, he said, see, see, my way works. I said, well, this is just a one-time. <laughs> right, right. Um so- yeah, I, I think you need to start a month. I think you need to start a, a monthly geek lunch. I think you need to uh, get a better mic than than that uh, that Yeti. I like and, my Yeti. Uh, <laughs> I know, but now you can do better. Now you can do. Better. You have the time. No, you know, but I don't have the, the money now. <laughs> True. All right, so I am hereby announcing a crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> Uh, for save the, the Todd the Foundation. Mobile, the, the mobile, the save, save the Todd Foundation. Save the Todd Foundation. We're going to get him a nicer mic, maybe some soundproof padding for his walls, uh, a, a headset so he doesn't use those AirPods. AirPods. I, mean, I actually on. have some nice headsets. Yeah. I bought out like six okay, of them during okay. the pandemic. Uh, by, by headset, I mean I can, like them. the one Brian is and Brian is using. A really yeah. nice Jabra. Oh, quite nice. I love books. You think you're an airplane, air, air, uh, air, uh, air force pilot. <laughs> I will say one other thing that, you know, I, I found as interesting is like, you don't consider experiment, but I did watch uh, speaking. With, so Ryan is in a, um, co-working space right now yes. uh, an open co-working space there are people around him there are people walking but the the ambient sound was negligible in fact it, oh i hope so yeah i can't tell what you can yeah, hear yeah um, so someone's the, using the microwave and, no and, uh, can't hear there's that a coffee shops so. nope nope none of that yeah. is coming through. and the reason why i find that interesting ryan is you know i've been watching um Ke- you know kevin nealon the comedian who's probably most famous right live has really a fast sure. has a really fascinating um, youtube channel called hiking with kevin where he literally goes hiking with various over the years, and they have some really interesting conversations. But aside from that, what interests me is they're outside and they're recording live. Um, they don't be appear to be using any lapel mics or anything. Uh, although I could be wrong. I think he also has a drone, but he's using a GoPro on a selfie. I don't think I should be on video. You know, I, you know, like they say, I've got a face for radio. Um, uh, speaking as someone who was on the radio, you're a very handsome man, <laughs> and I think you should. I think you should do a video. Uh, but it, it'd be simpler to do audio only. And I, so I've been experimenting with some audio, exper- uh, audio outside. Obviously, you don't want to do it in a busy street. Or, But I've been thinking about doing a, a separate podcast talking outdoors. Maybe not hiking, um, but maybe, you know, strolling along a beach. I'm, I'm going to go test that. Just uh, do an audio test to see, you know, how the ambient sound is. Each. Right, I've been right. really surprised how well the iPhone Pro, I guess I have an iPhone 14 Pro, I've really been surprised at how well the directional microphone aspect of it works, tests. And so I think that might be interesting way. You know, it, one of the things Ryan said when I, I told him about all the things I did to try to get 
him on the podcast today, <laughs> <laughs> including using Zoom for the first time as originating source and getting things working on M1 based MacBook Pro instead of my Intel based M1 based MacBook Air instead of Intel based MacBook Pro, uh, which has some audio had some audio implications, including lowering security my um, <laughs> for the audio. Uh, you know, I, 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 he said, wow, it would have been easier if I had just come over <laughs> to record the podcast. And, you know, sometimes it's not a bad idea. And so I'm, right. I'm just trying to figure out how to maybe do, uh, not to replace this podcast, way more convenient usually. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's might be an entertaining way. Yeah, might be kind of entertaining. You don't have me. a studio, but here at the co-working space, we have small meeting rooms and things. Uh-huh. So, you know, we could do it. We could do it. Set up a camera. When uh, I say something incendiary, you can actually physically punch me. It'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> I don't think so. But at any rate, Ryan, thank you again for putting up with all the audio issues. It's always it's always a pleasure to meet you. I can't remember how long we've it's been. It's been a while. A while. I wonder if there, that picture from like one of the early geek lunches uh, was the first time we met her. But anyway, I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I, I do know that I've known you since before Twitter because you you were you were the person who convinced by Twitter when right. that started. <laughs> Two thousand and six. <laughs> yeah, so I've known you since at least before. I remember when you had a a notebook, a, a very hot notebook on your backpack, so that you could stream yeah, live, live video while walking around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was kind of crazy too. That was Justin TV time. Justin TV. Which, which became, became Twitch, Twitch, right? Yeah. yeah. So Ryan was always ahead of his stuff. I've always been his, literally. No, no. Sometimes I'm literally following him, looking at what he's doing. <laughs> no wonder we're going in circles. I'm following you. <laughs> but um, anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for testing you, all this stuff God. with me and putting up with this nonsense. I'm all for it. And uh, it's, it's I, I, I hope it's worth it. <laughs> I'll always totally. enjoy speaking with you. Always enjoy speaking. Yes. Todd, thank here's you, some more nonsense in 2023. There's thank never you. enough nonsense. Happy 2023.